Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another special edition of Trade Runner. It's our mini-series featuring Rich Friesen that is focusing specifically on trading psychology. In the last episode, we dove into a discussion on measuring what matters, where we learned about how to take our set scores, how to take stock of our own mental states, and how that affects our trading. This month's discussion, however, is going to be focusing on how to gain confidence in our trading strategies. And boy, I feel like this is coming at just the right time for me. (laughs) But before we dive into that, let's uh, introduce our special host, Rich Friesen, the creator of Mind Muscles Academy. Rich, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. My uh, youngest son came over with three of my grandkids, and we went and had uh, In-N-Out burgers, so uh, life is about as good as it gets. Oh, man. I I, I wish I could get an In-N-Out burger again. What's the closest to an In-N-Out burger? Boy, I don't know. There's great burgers out there. My gosh. Um, you know, but they all are a little different. So depending on your tastes. Like Five Guys, I think is the closest for me. Yep. I like theirs. <laughs> Not bad. Nobody came here to talk about burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, what do you, what do you got going on this month? Anything, anything new? Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. Um, what we're, there's, in fact, we put up a page. There's so much stuff that you, people will forget it. So we're going to put mm. up a page at conversations.money slash two bulls, the number two bulls. And uh, we're going to give away our, uh, our little booklet, uh, Stop Fighting Your Brain, a companion course for our book, <clears throat> Conversations with Money. That's an online course. It's available to your listeners. Uh, coupon for our major course, which includes much of what we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. So a lot of good stuff there. We've got our wealth workshop cooking up for next year for people who are interested. So it's uh, I'm busy, and what I love, <laughs> and I just so appreciate. Like we did the wealth workshop this morning, and they turned the tables on me. You know, for next year, I asked, "What do you guys want?" And so they start started. Uh, being my coach for what I wanted out of my business. And we went all the way down, really top quality people there. So, oh, that's fantastic. Life is good. Yeah, life is good. That's such a thing. Uh, I think it's really helpful sometimes to be on the other side of the, the conversations too. Like it gives you a whole nother perspective, doesn't it? It does. And over the last few years, what I've let go of is my defensiveness. Oh. Yeah, I made that mistake. Hmm. Yeah, I screwed that up. Okay. How'd you let that go, by the way? Well, I <laughs> it's eating your own dog food. <laughs> Practicing with clients who uh, were defensive and doing exercises with them and just doing the exercise was with them enough. <laughs> Some of it finally rubbed off. Right. <laughs> it's it's such an emotional reaction, too. It's really hard to, to like just take a minute and like realize that that's just a reaction. Yeah. 
Like you, that's not necessarily yeah. how you feel. Let it pass. Understand yeah. it. You know, the deeper part of it is if I'm okay as I am, then I don't need to be defensive. If I need to produce things or have certain behaviors in order to be okay or to be liked, then anything at all that attacks that, then that means I'm not okay. Mm. So I think in order to give up defensiveness, we need to really, let me rephrase that. It really helps as we go deep down to our identity that we're rock solid, that we're okay. Mm. Then no longer defensiveness is needed. I think that's very well said. Yeah, a lot of the, I think a lot of the issues of people that I've had that act like with that sort of mentality, mm-hmm. like they tend to be, they tend to have, what's the word? Um, not ego. What's the self-confidence issues? Um, yep. Insecurities. I think insecurities, is the word. That's yes. the word. Yes. Ah, oh, and trading. This, bringing it back to trading <laughs> is, <laughs> if you, if you were to design a, an occupation that was able to find every insecurity you have and take extract money for the intensity of every insecurity you have, you would come up with trading. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> it really sometimes feels like every trade is a referendum on who you are as a person oh, and your decisions yeah. that you've made. Yeah, and if that's the case... How do you expect to execute a strategy is why we're here today. 100%. So before we dive into uh, this week's episode, should we jump into, or should we do a quick review of, well, it may not be so quick, but a review of uh, the homework from last episode? Sure. Uh, I believe the homework was from market metrics and measuring what matters. So what was your experience? So uh, we talked a little bit about this offline, but I think we wanted to save the meat of discussion to record it because I have to assume that this would be beneficial to anybody else here in this. Uh, I found it getting a lot easier as I did it. Um, it was really hard initially to take mm-hmm. stock, like to try to nail down like what my emotions are and what my thoughts are. Because when I'm thinking about the set scores, like, well, then I have to think back and like, no, no, no. What was I thinking before the set scores? Because thinking mm-hmm. about set scores is not, uh, you know, positive or negative. I'm just thinking about what I'm doing. So there was a little bit of adjustment uh, to that. One of the things that I actually ended up doing, well, let's go back first. Uh, I did have a blow up, uh, like a complete and utter meltdown and blew out my small account. Uh, I, I put notes in the uh, the metric app that people can find on that conversations. What's the, I'm oh, sorry, what's the website? Conversations.money slash two bulls. Thank you. Converse, yeah, on conversations.money slash two bulls. So if anybody wants to check it out, they can see that there. Uh, but I think one of the issues that I had was, I think that I, my stress levels were already super elevated when I started doing this uh, mm-hmm. worksheet. And I think that maybe my baseline was like what felt normal was already like not good. Uh, like I had been living with a little bit too much stress before this started. Okay. So so when I look back at like the set scores that I was taking, like you know, they started out okay. I mean, there's some more elevated days, but they've gotten a lot better since then. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think they may have been actually even higher than that. Like like it just felt normal to have like that that sinking feeling in your chest every morning, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so what you're bringing up is important because if people have a continual elevated stress, it feels like normal. 
And sometimes some of my clients aren't even aware of what it feels like to let it go. And if we do a little exercise where for a moment at least the, ex- the stress is relieved, oh my gosh, uh, that creates a new baseline. So what you said, I think, is really important. Rich, every conversation with you is like uh, letting go of everything. <laughs> I always feel so good when we're done. <laughs> so I'll have to make sure I take my scores when we finish this recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but one of the things that really struck me about the, the, the blow up was how, how good it felt. It felt so good to just let everything go, break all the rules. Just, it just mm-hmm. it felt amazing. Better than I'd felt in mo- like a month. Yeah. So the... So you say breaking the rules and trading felt so good in the moment, and that then also produced the blowout of the small account, right? Yeah, in the moment, like I knew what was happening, and I just couldn't stop it. It just, yeah, it was just one of those things where. Oh man, what you're bringing up is an experience that almost all traders and we, even non-traders, we have in our life. Mm-hmm. When we slip into a context, and let's say it's an old context that goes down is driven by issues around our identity, the rest of the world disappears. And I have some really good examples in my own life, and we won't have time to go into them. But at one point, I was spiraled down in this context, and I said, is life worth living? No, that's Mm. absolutely nuts. I have a great (laughs) life. Yeah. You know, in a context that just triggered all the old survival mechanisms, it didn't. It seemed like rebar and concrete in there. Right. Uh, yeah, I know what that feels like. Like I, I remember when I was working uh, for for a company that I was doing like a lot of flying, uh, spending a lot of time away from mm-hmm. home. Um, you know, not a great scenario for a married life. But I remember sitting on the plane one time, like, and there was some turbulence, and I thought, well, if the plane crashes, all right, well, all right, at least I don't have to go back to work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like rather than oh. being scared for my life, like oh, this yeah, is not good. isn't that interesting? Right, right. So now, moving on to strategies, have you, as a trader or anybody listening, been so frustrated with strategies that don't seem to work or that you need to monkey around with that you're so frustrated? It's so discouraging that every tick in your direction feels good, every tick against you feels bad. You know, so if that's the case, that's what we're going to deal with today, having confidence in your strategy. And of course, I'm going to break uh, your mind wide open because Mm. I'm going to say something that you're not going to expect. Really? Yeah. You ready for it? Is it two balls in a china shop? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going <laughs> to. So I, 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 that one, you've got to say it because it's funnier when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to derail us there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. Okay. Here, here it is. You should not have confidence in your strategy. I see. That doesn't surprise me, Rich. Why? Because uh, confidence leads to to overconfidence, and like the the conditions change so much that we have to be like ready to adapt and and constantly refining our edge. If we get confident, then that's I think that means we start to get stagnant. Yeah. So there's I have a chart. I got it in front of me. And it's called mm-hmm. the confidence circle. So new traders start out, and this is inevitable. 
Uh, I'm an engineer. I'm a doctor. I'm really smart. I'm really good at what I do. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to quit my job. I I don't care if the airplane goes down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That kind of job that I'm going to quit and cocky confidence and magical thinking that we can step into trading. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is we have a few winning trades and it's, oh yes, man, this is it. I've, I've got this. And then we have some losing trades and we go all the way down to the bottom. Every tick our way feels so good. Every tick against us feels so bad. Yes. So after a number of losing trades in a row, uh, then we realize that we're not clear about our strategy. So we work, 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 back test, uh, uh, look at different markets. We follow different gurus. We read about different strategies and different indicators, and we put together a strategy. And by God, it mm-hmm. works. So we have strategy confidence. But then the market mood changes. Something shifts. Players shift. The economics basics shift. And now the strategy's lost 15 <laughs> trades in a row. <laughs> right. So then what we realize is that different strategies work in different markets. And we're going to talk about market moods quite a bit in just a bit. And then we get confident in determining what kind of market it is and applying the best strategy to that particular type of market. And then we get confident with that, but that's a real challenge to do. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the market mood isn't going to announce itself. But eventually, we come to the point where it's not about confidence, but it's about delight in all outcomes. That we know, and we've been tested in the world, that no matter what happens, no matter what the market does, we will be there, we will be curious, we'll stand tall, we'll be, we might get hurt, but like a warrior in battle, we just keep moving forward. And that confidence in ourself is the ultimate goal. Now, needless to say, at times of stress, we may go back to conf- cocky confidence and magical thinking. We may need winning trades mm. to tell us we're okay. We may need several wins in a row uh, to build our strategy confidence. We may get cocky around determining what market mood it's in. But those cycles are going to get smaller, tighter, and less expensive every time because it feels so good to stand in the delight of all outcomes and knowing we can handle it. Rich, are you saying that this is going to be a constant job trying to to improve ourselves? Like we'll we'll never just uh, uh, do one thing and it'll all be done and that's it? Oh, no, no, no. This is... We can kick back our feet and... No, no. (laughs) If you you, uh, go to private coaching with me in in three sessions, Mm -hmm. we've got it done and and you'll never be challenged again in life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, how... You would be the richest know, man wouldn't in the that world be awesome? if that was the case. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it is because we still bring with us our survival mechanisms, our imperfections as human humans, uh, our neurochemicals that change with winning and losing. And you talked a little bit about you know when when you got into the mood where you blew out an account that it, in that moment it felt so good. In that context, it felt so good. Yeah. Whoa. Well, if something feels that good, we're going to go for it. You know, I'm only going to eat two pieces of pizza. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, no, that tastes way yeah. too good. <laughs> so, so, go so, ahead. Well, I mean, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff in here to dive into, but where do you want to start? 
Well, let's start with a story. I love stories. Me too. So there's a trader. He's been trading for three, four years. Engineer, mathematician, really smart. And he's really discouraged in his trading because he's had series of making money. And then in very short times, he's given it away because he stepped into an, well, just like you, he stepped into a an old mindset. Old mindset and given it away. He's discouraged. His strategy works sometimes, doesn't work another time. And he's walking along the beach in the evening. The sun is setting. The warm water is lapping at his feet and he kicks something and goes, ow. He looks down and there's something sticking out of the sand. So he starts to dig away and it's a big bottle with a huge cork in it. It looks very old, like it just washed up on the shore. So he puts it in the ocean. He washes it off. And he pulls and he tugs and he stresses to try to pull the cork out. Finally, he pulls the cork out. Boom, this purple cloud of smoke, 40 feet high, comes out. And there's this genie in the mist. And he says, yes, I'm here. I'm your genie. And the trader says, do I get three wishes? No, that's old. You only get one. <laughs> Damn it. Inflation. Oh, tell me, where's the S&P going? I'll tell you, it's going to trend. For the next six weeks in one direction with very few pullbacks. And then he goes, sucks himself back in the bottle. The, the trader puts the cork in it, walks back to his hotel room and thinks about it. So the question is, Kyle, if you knew that a market was going to trend for a number of weeks mm -hmm. in one direction with very few pullbacks, and that's all you knew, you didn't know the direction, could you make money? I would think, yeah. How would you do it? Well, how long does it take to determine which way the trend is? Right. shouldn't take that long. Right. But you could also just straddle the market with the uh, six-month-out contracts. You could do that. And then so, just sell whichever one is, uh, starts losing after the first week or two. You got it. So in other words, even without knowing the direction, just knowing the market pattern, Mm -hmm. You could mortgage the house, sell the wife and kids. I mean, you you would borrow money from that uncle you didn't like. <laughs> uh, and you know you would make money, right? Yeah. So if, on the other hand, the genie had said, in six weeks, the market is going to close at exactly the same place, and it's going to be very volatile, could you make money on that? Oh, yeah. How? Uh, just be selling calls at that point. Sure. You'd be selling straddles like there was no tomorrow. Right. Okay. So what have we determined here? It sounds like we need to have a better longer term outlook on what the market is doing. Not only just direction, but it's mood. Right. So once we disturb, I mean, how long did it, how many lines of code would it take to describe the strategy in both of those scenarios? Uh, I mean, it shouldn't take much. 10 lines of code, maybe? <laughs> yeah, that should be a pretty easy one. Think of the complications that most traders have. All the uh, indicators, uh, you know, just it gets really complicated. But once you determine the market mood, mm -hmm. your strategy becomes simple. Hmm. So here's strategy precepts. Moods drive strategy, drive setups, and drive execution. The more profitable and pleasurable a strategy is, the shorter its life. All profitable strategies are the most painful to execute. 
All strategies work in their market mood heaven. All strategies fail in their market mood hell. Mm -hmm. Market mood awareness equals simpler strategies. Market mood awareness equals better execution. And all strategies fail eventually. So those are a number of precepts. Which one of those interests you to drill down on a bit? Oh, man. Why don't we just start from the beginning? <laughs> okay. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I can't pick. <laughs> so if <laughs> so if in fact we have we know what the market mood is, not even the direction, mm-hmm. but we just know what type of market is, our strategy becomes clear. So here's what I'm going to challenge all the listeners and challenge you to do. Yes. If you have a printer, print depending on your time frame you chain, you trade. So if you're a tech trader and you trade 20 times a day on ticks, well, that's different than somebody who is uh, trading, uh, swing trading, you know, in three or four days. Right. But what you want to do is print out enough of the market so that you can see almost every type of market mood there is. And then you go down with some colored pens. And let's say you have a market that's just really quiet and flat. You would circle that. You have another market where there's a lot of gaps, a lot of volatility, uh, it just it breaks support on the bottom side, breaks support on the upside, has a lot of gaps in it, you'd circle that. A tight trending market, a more volatile trending market, one way and the other. So what you're going to do is you're going to notice as you go through this that there are some similarities to some types of markets. So then you can now start naming them and you can name them. For example, it might be Wild West, Tight Up Trend, Quiet Flat, tight downtrend, explosion, waterfall, big range, whatever it is. Give them your own names and you're going to notice how often they each of those occur. Now, here's the wonderful part. If apart from that exercise, take your strategy and give me a market hell. And market hell is where that strategy is just going to get the shit kicked out of it. (laughs) Every day is just going to whack you in the butt. So what would it take? For example, if you had a moving average trending market, it would be, well, it'll break, you know, this moving average breaks that moving average. It's a buy. I buy and then boom, it goes down and it breaks the moving average on the downside. I sell and boom, it goes up. So that would be market hell for a moving, simple moving average. Mm -hmm. If you have a support resistance, it would mean that it would break support every time, uh, stop you out, and then go right back. It would uh, go back to resistance. You would put in your trade. It would stop you out, break resistance. So that would be market hell. So define the market hell for your trading strategy. Then next, define the market heaven for your trading strategy. So easy, if you had a moving crossover, simple market strategy, it would mean, oh, the market would just trend in one direction forever. Right, yeah. (laughs) So once you know the market heaven and the market hell, now go back to all the market behaviors that you notice and that you circled on the map. How often does your market heaven happen? Mm -hmm. How often does your market hell happen? What percentage? What are the... I just dropped a word. The indicators of of your market heaven. Sorry, say that last part again. Yeah. What are the what are the uh, attributes? That's it. Attributes ah. of your market heaven. Mm-hmm. 
Well, in, given your strategy, you know, if it's a momentum strategy, for example, it's going to be a very different at, set of attributes than that you're looking for uh, than if it's a trending market, for example. So what you're going to do is you're going to look at all the attributes, and that could be volume, gaps, length of the bars, uh, implied volatility, if there's an underlying option. So you look at all the indicators of a market mood, of your market mood hell, your market mood heaven. Now, what you're doing is you are shifting from a strategy-driven mindset to a market mood-driven mindset. So now all of a sudden, we are looking at market moods. And what this does for your brain is your brain now can start to see patterns that it missed before. Because if we are strategy dominant, we aren't paying as much attention. But if we're market mood dominant, all of a sudden, the subconscious parts of our brain can start to recognize patterns. What is the difference between them? When is it shifting? The most money I have lost in my career is when, <laughs> like Coyote, uh, Wiley Coyote, um, running off the cliff, oh. and he keeps running and running, and all of a sudden yeah. he looks down. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yep. It's when, oh, okay, I'm, I got this market mood. I've got it. I've got it. Oh, I've got it. Oh, I looked down. Ah! And the most money I've made in my career <laughs> in a short period of time have been when I sensed there was a shift in market mood and others didn't. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Ahead of time, start loading up, putting it on, looking at risk, and all of a sudden it starts to go. The market mood shifts, and you've got it. So, so what are the different? I mean, you kind of touched on them a little bit, but what are like? Do you have a? Do you have them already classified? Do you like we have trending up, trending down, uh, range? Like, what are the the actual moods? Yeah, well, I think everybody needs to sort that out for themselves. But okay, that's that's what I wanted to know. Okay. Yeah, but you've just labeled them. Um, uh, my clients, there's maybe a list of 10 of them that everyone comes to, and, but you can figure that out yourself. And in fact, there's even some value okay. in rather than trying to form fit into something that I say, is just look at them scratch. Yeah, and just figure, and let them- To figure out your own. Let those market moods come out of the charts. Okay. Okay. I like that. That way we yeah. don't uh, bias ourselves. Yeah. So now once we have the attributes of each market mood and we say our job is not confidence, is not to be confident in our strategy. So that leaves us more open to determining when the market is shifting. And that is the critical mm -hmm. part of being a trader is smelling that shift early. So now we can say, okay, in the, my market heaven, you know, volume is low. Implied volatility is low. Bar range is small. There's no gaps. Uh, my four different indicators are X, Y, Z, and they behave in such and such a way. Market hell, you know, is X, Y, Z. So no, you can start looking at it. So I have traders who come to me and say, and I ask, what's your goal? Make $1,000 a day. Ooh, uh, hmm. That is means I'm going to impose and I need to trade to make that money regardless of what the market is doing. Right. So if in fact, then we say, okay, look, I, <laughs> I've mapped out market hell. I've felt market hell. I've traded my strategy in market hell. I know what that's like. 
do I want to, does that feel any good? <laughs> no. I think that's yeah. what I was doing the last yeah. two days. I think you just what nailed what it, I was, what my, my struggle for the last two days has been. Yeah. It relieves all the pressure. I'm just looking for market heaven. Mm-hmm. Market heaven. But Almost the, heaven. Market. The, the other. West Virginia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The other nice thing about that too is when you're looking for like what one strategy's hell could be another strategy's heaven too, right? Absolutely. So I think one of the the hardest things to do is to quit trying to to fit a I guess a square peg right. in a round hole is sometimes what it feels like. Like when you're just continually trying to short an uptrend day because you haven't been able to recognize that it's no longer a range day, now it's an uptrend day. Mm-hmm. So yes, having more awareness of that, I think uh, that sounds like, damn it. Why didn't I think of that three months yeah. ago? <laughs> but uh, so here's the, here's the, some reality. Yes. Determining the market mood is a really hard problem, mm-hmm. but it is the right hard problem. Right. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen. And I'm pleased to announce that she's back. Fresh off a rebrand and ready to help is Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. So it's not easy, but if that's where your focus is, then everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So here's some trade-offs. If you have low market mood awareness, you're totally focused on creating and building strategies. So much of your attention is on testing and modifying strategies. When a trade loses money, you alter your strategy or look for a new one. You jump from strategy to strategy, looking for the one that'll finally work. Your strategies get, keep getting more and more complex or need constant tweaking. 
Are you looking for a grand strategy that will take you to your long-term goals? Well, if you're strategy focused and you're looking for something that'll work in all markets at all times under all conditions, then you're looking at longer strings, strings of losses. You're looking at lower profit margins and higher risk and a lot more psychological stress. Because as you try to create a strategy that includes more market moods, that means that, you, that your margins go down, your strings of losses go up, and the stress on you is increased. Now, let's say on the other hand, you have high market mood awareness. Well, then you're focusing your strategy on your higher profit opportunities. You're getting a more consistent equity curve. You've dropped your risk. There's less psychological stress. Execution is a lot easier because you're only applying your strategy in certain market types. Uh, if you have labels and distinctions for different types of markets, you can start to look for them. And you can create metrics in terms of volume, ranges, volatility, mm -hmm. or other indicators to really help you out here. And one thing that you can do under this situation is after the fact, you can look and see what market mood it was. You can see what strategy applied and how it worked out. And one thing that in our market metrics, and you've, you've started this, is there's a tab there for keeping track of each strategy. So let's say you have a, a moving average strategy mm -hmm. and you employ it. Then you can have all those together. They're tagged so that you can see how that strategy is doing and you can look at what market mood it was in. Mm -hmm. So in fact, and you can also include strategies like revenge trading. <laughs> so yes. uh, this is really important. If mm -hmm. you have what we call a lousy trade, which means it's not according to your strategy, uh, like the trading binge you went on where uh, it just felt so good in the moment. If you were to label that strategy, what would you label it? Uh, chaos. Chaos. Great. Yeah. So chaos strategy. You record your chaos strategy trades, and then you can look to see how that works. So it's important that every trade have a strategy even if it's an emotional strategy, even if it's a reactive strategy. Because some for some traders, that's like a brick on the forehead. Duh. <laughs> so rather than none on my trade log, I should, I should come up with something else that fits that. Like, like in my trade log, I, I have a, a spot to put down the setup that I use. And then mm -hmm. if it doesn't fit with any setup, I've just been putting none right now. But it sounds like I should have something else because I can still sort and filter my yeah. no strategy setups. Yeah. Right, right. But might as well put a name on it so that way yeah. it, 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 it has more, uh, I guess, yeah. potency behind it. Yeah. The advantage of that is that you've labeled it as a strategy. You can now measure it and you can see the results. Mm -hmm. and, so, and once you see that on a spreadsheet, yeah, duh, <laughs> do I want to do that strategy? Oh, not so much. Nope. Uh, just looking right now. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in summary, and when, then we can go to another level deeper if we have time. Oh, we got time. Is uh, how do we become market mood mavens? Not strategy mavens, but market mood mavens. We associate market attributes and indicators with different market moods. Mm -hmm. We solve the right hard problem. We allow the subconscious to contribute. In other words, once you start looking for market moods, the subconscious now has a framework 
to start to fill in its with its pattern recognition ability. Mm, okay. You you're making neurological mind muscles when you start to do that. Mm-hmm. Moods determine the strategy. Strategy determines the trade. So now I think you're in the right context to move forward. Oh, I love that. It's almost like being a manager, right? Like you have to term you your setups are like your people that work for you. Mm-hmm. And then the problems you have are the trades that you're trying to execute. And you need to send the right person, you know, who's best fit for doing yep. whatever job he needs to get yep. done. Yep. And that's a good way to think about it. And if you think about it that way, it takes this just so much of the confusion out of trading. Right. Ah, okay. Who do I send to do this job? Now, what you're talking about being the manager, mm-hmm. I think that is a great mindset or it's uh, it's just a great way of thinking about it because now all of a sudden you've elevated yourself to a higher level rather than being a trader trying to fear of missing out and, oh, I'm going to get my money back. And all of a sudden now you're a higher level, you're a manager. Mm-hmm. Who do I send to do this job? Who do I trust to get the job done today? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Ooh, who do I trust to get this job done? Oh, that feels so good. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it takes some of the stress off of yourself too now because it sounds silly, but it, you know, putting yourself into that mindset and like personifying your setups, like now it's you know opening range breakouts mm-hmm. job. Like right, right. I know opening range breakout can do the job and conditions like today. I'm going to go let him do his job. If it fails, then okay. Well, I put him in the best position to succeed. I still mm-hmm. feel good about that. Right. Oh, man, you've just created a mindset and given a gift to all your listeners. That gift that you've come up with, and I I didn't. I, I just think that, that that mindset, once you get there, what a relief taking such a burden off, and it's going to feel so good. <laughs> That'd be the first time any manager ever felt like he had less of a burden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's new sets of burdens with the managers. Well, at least your setups don't call in sick and start fights with other employees (laughs) and steal equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a funny thought. I'm a a moving average crossover setup. Mm -hmm. Boy, am I going to screw them up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. My setups aren't going to sabotage me. (laughs) they, They need a raise. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. So we've got, I think we've got a good framework for how to go to move forward for, for, Mm -hmm. for today. You said you wanted to dive in a little deeper onto some of these, like what were the other, what were some of the other areas that you wanted? So then the question becomes, and this is the hard part. If you find yourself resistant to figuring out market moods because it's too hard, too difficult. I just want to create a strategy that makes money. Pay attention to that resistance. It's not bad. It's not something to be overcome, Mm -hmm. but it's a voice inside of you. In other words, you and I, Kyle, we can have the best conversation in the world. And if it doesn't feel right for somebody, they're not going to be able to incorporate all the good stuff we have for them. So if you find yourself resistant, it's not something to overcome, but it's something to dive deeper. And it could be all the way down to your beliefs about the world. In other words, one belief is that market owes me. 
I'm special. I'm exaggerating here, of course. And if that's the case, working with market moods is not going to be much of interest. Or you could even get down to the point where I'm not worthy. In fact, I would say 60% of my private coaching clients, when we really get down to the ultimate driver for their dysfunctions, it's lack of self-worthiness. Very simple. Mm -hmm. So even, you know, so behavioral change without dealing with that sometimes just creates persistent trading mistakes. I can tell you right now, I feel a little bit of something inside of me wanting to resist this. Okay. So may I talk to the part that wants to resist it? Uh, I'm not sure he's ready to talk, but I will try. Okay. And it's okay if he's not. Does he have a name? Uh, no, it's just a little piece okay. that I feel, feel somewhere deep inside of me. Okay. So the piece inside of Kyle, may I have permission to talk to you? With the understanding there that you have positive intent for Kyle, you're there to support him and help him in the way that you know best. With that understanding, may I talk to you to understand what you're about, uh, Kyle's resistance? Yes. Okay, so when Rich Friesen, that arrogant son of a bitch, who flies in (laughs) and blithely talks about market moods as though they were heaven on earth, uh, and you're listening to him, what do you experience? Uh, I think it's a bit of dread. Dread. And a feeling of overwhelmed, um, like directionless. Like, I know that this needs to get done, but it's it's kind of a, it's like a not knowing where to start and being afraid of just yeah, like spinning my own wheels and, and not making progress because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, so... So, Mr. Resistance, does it feel like Rich came flying in here, suggested a whole new way to look at trading, and you're looking at the world and say, oh, my God, I've spent so much time trying to learn to trade. I've tried all sorts of different things, and here I am. He's saying, I got to start with market moods and a whole new framework. I just want to trade and make money. Screw that crazy Rich Friesen. How close is that? <laughs> I think there's some of that, but I think it's more, uh, it, it does feel a little overwhelming to, mm-hmm. to realize that you are that much further away from your goal than you thought. Oh, and, yeah. And I think for Kyle, he needs, he needs to have goals broken down into smaller achievable goals rather than the big overwhelming uh, underlying main one. Like the if the main goal is to understand market moods so you can deploy strategies, like that needs to be broken up smaller because otherwise you just won't know where to start. Yeah. This is really a good point. Mm-hmm. I come in here with a big picture, a whole new way of looking things, and it just feels overwhelming. Is that right? I think it does a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> well, here's <laughs> That's the, not going to stop me. <laughs> here's the good news. Yes. That trading and learning will never end. We will continually be dealing with deeper levels of our own mindset and psychology. But everything we pick up, even little things like market moods, just, I mean, if, if you were, Kyle, not to do anything about this at all, but there would be a part of your brain that is now shifted. So I'm going to relieve you of all burdens, of all shoulds, of all to-dos, of all overwhelm, Mm -hmm. and just know 
that this conversation in and of itself is enough to move the needle a bit forward. I think that is, I think that is true. I agree with you. Right. And let's look for ways, and I invite you to look for ways that feel better rather than feeling overwhelmed. In other words, what could, what, what good thing can I do that would be interesting? Oh, dividing my trades by the type of strategy. Uh, chaos being one of them. Okay, yes. I, can, I can label trades chaos. Or, oh, I can lay out the charts and just circle the types, but I don't have to do anything about it. So, you know, I, it's hard to just give people a step-by-step when we're doing just one segment and, as versus it would be private coaching or whatever. Right. But you, so I wanted to give you the big picture, but the, what you pointed out, and I'm so glad you did, is that just the awareness of this is going to make a difference. And you can pick up just one little thing that'll move the needle forward. No overwhelm, no shoulds. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy a, a piece of it that will uh, give you a new perspective. Oh, I just got chills. Excellent. <laughs> Ah, I I hope that helps somebody else out too, because I, I sure I'm not alone in in that initial feeling of like, mm-hmm. oh shit, that's going to be a lot more work. <laughs> yeah, look at it—a new door, and imagine the new door. There's green grass, there's hills, there's oceans, there's lakes, there's mountains. Whatever makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Say, oh my gosh, here's a new door to open. Hmm, I think I'm just going to. Oh, the sun's out. I'm going to lay in the grass and just feel the sun. That's it. That Mm -hmm. easy. Yes. I like it. Good. And uh, if you go to uh, conversations.money slash two bowls, there's a booklet, Stop Fighting Your Brain. We'll set it up. It'll be a gift. We normally sell it, but it'll be a gift to your listeners. And if you want to get the Conversations with Money, which is since sends a foundation for our relationship with money. Uh, there's some companion exercises I will also give you as a gift. And uh, for those of you who want to step up and uh, dig a little deeper, our online compass course, uh, my admin just uh, agreed to give you a $100 coupon. Oh, oh wow. So they're all there and maybe some other things. So, you know, but if you just listen to this, it just shifts your mind a little. I'm glad to give you that gift. And if that's all you want to do, well, that's great. If you're curious and want a little bit more, I want to provide a path for you that is as easy and feels as good as possible. I also want to say, too, um, I have my copy of your book. Uh, I know there's a couple of us on the Discord mm-hmm. that are going to, I think, try to work through the exercises together. Oh, Great. So if there's anybody out there who has not read or done those exercises and wants to participate, you're more than welcome to join us. I'll have to uh, get with the the people who are interested and try to set a date for when we can actually get that going. But uh, that will be done before we get to Good. episode five. If you want me to add that to the uh, website and your website anytime, let me know. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. And for those who are just curious about the book, it's a private conversation with money. And you can find it at your favorite bookseller. All right. So we recap our homework for today. The homework, yes, is print out the maps and circle the market moods. List the attributes of each. Define the heaven and hell for each of your strategies. 
and start uh, journaling your PL buy strategy. Even the emotional ones, even the ones that uh, mm-hmm. uh, the fear of missing out trade. So, you know, FOMO, that's a strategy. Look at the results. That's an excellent point. I, I know that I put a few, I know I've had a few trades in there where I've journaled it in the notes where like this was a mm-hmm. revenge trade. I didn't realize it in the moment, but looking back, I can definitely see that, hey, this one stopped out. I was upset that I lost this position. I wanted my position back, so I just took it. Uh, Labeling that as an actual strategy should be very easy. Well, Kyle, as usual, your honesty, your openness, just lack of self-defensiveness is just a tremendous gift to all your listeners, and it's a gift to me, and you came up with an an image that I think is helpful, and so I really appreciate that. Thank you. Rich, I really appreciate your time and for for the effort that you put into doing this this series with us, too. I mean, you're offering a lot of amazing uh, gifts for for our listeners, uh, and then just the gift of your time, and and I know that you spent a lot of time working on these courses uh, to be able to, to, to sit here with, you know, someone like me and just chit chat about it. (laughs) Uh, I feel very blessed. Well, good. I love it when everyone feels blessed and it's just such a good feeling to support each other and contribute to a better world, which is another topic, how we as traders contribute to a better world. We'll we'll maybe talk about that another time. Uh, What is next month's uh, episode going to be about? Let's see. Looks like persistent trading mistakes. Oh, man. When we screw up the same way over and over again, we, we close down our computer and say, boy, I'm never going to do that again. Damn. Oh, oh. Next morning, we wake up. Oh, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> right? Boom. We do it again. Yeah. Yep. So what is driving it and how to stop it? Oh, that's going to be a good one too. Ah, it feels like every one of these, like you, you wrote these for me. <laughs> Uh, Kyle? Yeah. I did. Oh, screw your readers or (laughs) listeners. This is a private coaching session. I designed it just for you. And if anybody else gets something out of it, well, okay. Oh, man. (laughs) If only that were true. (laughs) Oh, everybody, uh, I hope you got something uh, out of this. I highly encourage you to check out conversations.money slash two bulls and follow along with some of the homework that we've been doing. Uh, You should also check out Mind Muscles Academy and see some of the amazing things that Rich has to offer there. Uh, Rich's book, Conversations with Money, you can find those links in the episode description for that as well. Uh, And we hope that you'll be around with us next time when we, uh, we come back for episode three, Persistent Trading Mistakes. Yep. But unfortunately, our time is running. Well, no, that's what you say, right? Yeah. <laughs> How do you end your sessions with your clients? <laughs> I, I end my sessions with my clients. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> time is up. <laughs> I'm all out of nickels, guys. Sorry. So we have to close up the shop. But we'll be back soon with another great, amazing episode. Until then, I'll have a great day out there.
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.